Welcome to Nature Calls, Conversations from the Hudson Valley. Our team's goal is to present science-based information about gardening and all things nature in New York's Hudson Valley. Host Gene and Tim, along with team members Teresa and Linda, are master gardener volunteers for New York's Columbia and Greene counties. So if you're interested in gardening or nature or nuggets of information about what's happening outside your door, settle in. Enjoy the conversation. Whatever the season, we have something to say. I'm Tim Kennelty, and welcome to Nature Calls, Conversations from the Hudson Valley. My guest today and victim is my co-conspirator, Gene Thomas, and we're doing a 101 episode today. We're going to talk about Bulbs 101. Hey, Gene, welcome. Welcome, Tim. Glad to be here. I love that you're welcoming me, and I'm the host. I, I don't know. <laughs> There's some kind of a hierarchy problem here. But we're talking about bulbs, and when I think about bulbs, I usually think about, what's the first thing I think about? I think about daffodils and tulips and those kinds of bulbs in the spring, but there's much more than that, right? Yeah, that's right. Starting with spring flowering bulbs, we need to buy the bulb to plant in the previous fall season. So the year starts in the fall. So there's that, planning involved. There right? is planning involved, yes. This is because a cold period is necessary for those spring flowering bulbs. And moving on to the summer flowering bulbs, most of them are tropical in origin, so they're not usually winter hardy. They need to be planted in the spring when the soil's warm, and they need to be lifted from the soil to be stored indoors if you want to grow them again in another year. So you keep saying the word bulb, and for our listeners who aren't really master gardeners or serious or experienced gardeners, you always say, give me a definition. Give me a definition of bulb. What is a bulb? Perfect, Tim. That would be exactly what I would ask if I were in your shoes. Of course, they wouldn't fit, but that's a whole other story. Okay, the botanical definition is a resting stage of a plant, such as the lily, onion, hyacinth, or tulip, that is usually formed underground and consists of a short stem base bearing one or more buds enclosed in overlapping membranous or fleshy leaves. So, in brief, magic. Wow, you've kind of knocked my socks off there. Um, But there are things called rhizomes and corms and tubers. I'm already confused. Tell me about that. Right. When you go to buy bulbs, you see these labels. So here's the technical stuff since we want definitions today. A rhizome is a fleshy underground stem, think iris. A tuber is a storage unit formed from a stem or a root, think dahlias. And a corm is an enlarged underground stem like gladiolus or crocus. Rhizomes and tubers are usually planted a little closer to the surface than bulbs and corms, but otherwise they have the same requirements. Okay, that makes sense. I think that makes sense to me. So if I don't know anything about bulbs, how do I get started? Okay, planning again. First, you need to measure. How much space do you have to plant in once you decide where you're planting? And once you know that, you're ready to choose the bulbs you're putting in. The packages will tell you how far apart to plant the bulbs so you can extrapolate from there. So let's start in the fall and assume you're standing at the nursery in front of the big display of bulbs. Take a deep breath. Often the bulbs are available in bags with multiples of the same bulb, so you can get six or ten of a kind. Shop for bulbs like you shop for produce. The bulbs must be firm and without flaws or damage. 
If you're a total newbie, it's safe to start with tulips, daffodils, and hyacinths in any combination. Here's where it can get tricky, but it's worth a few minutes extra. You have to decide which tulips or daffodils you want. They can be early, mid-season, or late-season, but you need to know when to expect them to show up. Also, consider the height if you're planting more than one kind of bulb. Plant tall stuff in the back and put the shorter stuff in the front. Take another deep breath now, and remember that it's almost impossible to mess up. They will always be beautiful, so give it your best shot. Each year you get more confident and you'll try new combinations. Okay, so that gives me some relief because I don't really like to plan. I like to impulse buy, but suppose I have impulse bought and I have my bag of bulbs. What do I do now? What's next? Well, there you are with your bag of bulbs. My bag of bulbs. Hopefully you did think enough ahead before the impulse struck and have an area designated and hopefully dug up a little bit, even though you can technically plant directly into the lawn or the yard, it's better to have some preparation done. So make sure you have a bag of bone meal while you're doing your impulse buying. Five pounds is probably plenty if you're just a rookie. So you can put a little into the hole with each bulb. This isn't for the first year's use, but for rebuilding for future years. It enriches the soil long term. Lay out the bulbs where you want to plant them and check your spacing. Once you're satisfied, go ahead and plant the bulbs and tuck them in solid for their winter sleep. You want to keep that bone meal away from your dogs, though, right? My dogs, like, love yeah. bone meal. Yeah, so do other critters. So. So, so you have to be careful with that, I assume, you, right? In you moderation. You to dig up your bulbs, Yeah, right? you run into the same thing with all these other carnivorous pests that wander around when you're using blood meal, which is another fertilizer. So Yeah, so you've got to be a little careful with those things. Yes. Yeah, so body part warnings, yeah. So that's it, I'm all done? Well, except for my three rules of thumb. Okay, I like three rules. I, got, I only got two thumbs, but I got three rules. Listen, if you have deer and or squirrels wandering around the yard, deer think tulips are candy, but they don't get as excited about hyacinths or daffodils. So if you have deer roaming around and being all cute in the yard, plant your tulips in a fenced area. Squirrels stir things up just for the heck of it. They'll dig up bulbs and sometimes eat them or sometimes just toss them around. Second, keep in mind the general rule to plant a bulb at triple its height. If a bulb is two inches high, plant it six inches deep. And third, rule of thumb, unless it's a very formal bed, do not plant in rows. Clusters of three bulbs set in a zigzag pattern look natural. A military row of flowers just looks unnatural to me, unless it's a formal bed. So... What if I break those rules? Like, what if I don't plant at six? What if I get really tired out there in the fall and I don't plant at six inches deep? Will my daffodils still come up? Yep. The first year. Okay. But so they're not as likely to stay healthy into a second or so third. So it's really about kind of longevity of something like sure. a stand of daffodil bulbs. Yeah. There are people who grow tulips for one season and then just chuck them in the spring. So I've planted my bulbs in the winter. I'm buying my turkey for Thanksgiving. I'm in the fall, and I'm all done. What do I do next? Is there anything I need to do besides just lay back and get fatter during the winter? No, but once the bulbs have sprouted and flowered, and they're standing out there all finished and looking forlorn, you're going to need to step yourself back out there. Uh, so basically go on Weight Watchers is what I'm doing now, right? Yeah, you got to waddle out and deadhead. <laughs> <laughs> deadhead the plants. 
deadhead them. Okay. Now this is it's in the spring. They finished flowering. Everything's going crazy, and you've got these dead tulips and daffodils just sort of flopping around Pretty. out there. Yeah. yeah. So remove the spent flowering stems, but not the leaves. Do I need to? Like not mow over the leaves? Is that what you're it's saying? It's probably wise. Again, this has to do with longevity. So if you don't care if they come up again, go for it. What is What are those leaves doing? Are they doing something? Yeah, the they're rebuilding the bulb so that it can do the same magic again next year. And what about these people who tie their like bulb greens up? Is that is there some reason for that? Yeah, I see I'm guilty that. of that. And that's yeah. usually because I'm a greedy gardener. And oh, so you wanna, you're one of those people I who I am. Does you that. come along okay. and you'll see all those rows of little they tiny babies. They look like baby. they have like curlers or something Yeah, like little haystacks hair. or yeah. something. Yeah. And why do you do that? Because I'm greedy. I want more things to grow up before the leaves have finished. Ah. So I can plant around them. I see. Then once they're finished, you just lop them off and you just go ahead as if so Nothing once, like, my daffodil uh, greens turn yellow, I can then cut then them? Then you trim them out. And with any luck or good planning, your next sequence of flower will show up. So you'll have things popping up and screening them. So I need to wait till they look kind of ugly, is what you're saying. Yeah, wait for the ugly. It was worth <laughs> it. and Or mow them down and just do it all over again next year. I Bulbs see. are cheap. And is there a difference between daffodils and tulips in terms of their longevity? I mean, can you, I mean, I have daffodils that come back year after year, but tulips don't last as long, right? Maximum season on tulips is usually three years. There are okay. certain varieties that will last longer, but not not any great amount. You'll get five or six years out of some of them. And what happens if I just leave daffodils there year after year? Will they will they kind of decline in, in vigor or will they spread? They do because they get crowded. Uh-huh. So you can wander on out there. I do that once in a while. My woods are full of beds of daffodils, and I have to go out once in a while and dig up a bed and just reallocate the spacing or start a new bed for the excess. But yeah, if there's too many in there, they're going to decrease the flower. So you get more leaves than you do flowers, exactly. is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so... I think I understand now fall bulbs. What happens with summer bulbs? Okay, let's assume you haven't mowed down your tulips, but even if you have, once they've finished, it's probably an indication that it's time to plant your summer bulbs. Uh, wait till the soil's warmed enough to plant, though. Often the spring flowering bulbs are finished before the soil's fully warmed up, so be careful. How do I know when it's warm enough? Do you, would you go out there with a thermometer well, or something? Well, there are soil thermometers, so you can go out and play with your thermometer if you like. Or if it's time to plant your veggies, it's usually a good ah, time. Okay? okay, so end of May with global warming, who knows? Okay. 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 But that's a, a good, another one of my rules of thumb. I'm up to four thumbs, I think. I, I think you have many rules mm, of thumb. Many, yes. many, many. Okay. So when they're finished, go back to the nursery and look at the giant display of summer flowering bulbs and rhizomes and corms and tubers. You treat them all pretty much the same, which is why they come out about the same time and in the same areas. Some of the larger ones take longer. So if you see a bulb that you have to hold with both hands, you might double-check the labels and see because it will take longer to come to flowering. The cannas are a good example. You're sometimes better to put those into containers or start them early inside in containers and then plant the started plant outside. Or if you're like me and you really want a canna, you just go buy one that's already started at the that garden center. That sounds like cheating to me. I consider it helping the local economy. <laughs> yeah. So with cannas, I can actually start watering them and, and starting them inside, like mm -hmm. in April? 
Yes, and in fact, it sounds like you may have grown cannas last year and put them away for the yes, winter. Yes. Smart boy. Yes. yes, absolutely. So in April, start watering them, bring them out to where they get a little bit more light, and then by the time it's warm enough to put them outside, you've got some significant growth and a much earlier flowering. Do they do they need light, or do they just need warmth to get started? Oh, to get started, to just sprout, they'll be fine. But once you've got some, some significant sprouting going on, you're going to need light, or you're going to have a very pale plant. Okay, I don't want a pale plant. No, you want a green plant. Okay, tuberous and nonstop begonias are my favorite hanging basket plant. They just don't look right in the soil to me because they like to drape and they're very graceful. So those two, you could start in a pot, water them, bring them out when it's time, and you've got total control. So you can overwinter a begonia? You can, You can take them out of the soil and dry store them, or you can just let the whole thing dry down, cut down the foliage, and just set the plant aside. Do most of these need a rest, then? Is that what you're saying? It's a good thing to let them rest? Well, if you're in Florida, you can have them keep growing all year, but up here, they can't winter over. They can't tolerate cold. Okay. So you could bring them inside and try to carry them over as houseplants, with mixed success. It depends on which type of plant. The big begonias or the big leaves are going to be really difficult unless you have extreme lighting inside. So with some of these, you're saying maybe the better option is to just buy a new plant in the spring with with like begonias or no? Yeah, and encourage the local economy. I'd like to encourage the local economy. And you get to do a different color. Uh huh. And oh yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of buying those kind of things. Separately. That sounds easy. That's yeah. A, but there's challenges. It's right? masochism. Yeah. If you feel like you really need to bring those kind of things back, that's fine. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a begonia that I've overwintered a couple of times, and it just takes a long, long time for it to start looking nice in the spring. And I an immediate gratification. It does. And they always act insulted, don't they? Yeah. They yeah, say, I don't "Why like are you that. doing this to yeah. me?" Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on whether you're a talker of plants or not. So are you saying that for kind of a novice gardener, that bulbs are pretty easy to as a good starter plant? Yep, because everything's right in the package. Okay. In fact, when you get into the corms, gladiolas and crocus. Crocus is the exception because you you plant those in the fall. But gladiolus flowers are gorgeous. Gladiolus plants are not so much. So I know a lot of people who just grow a row of glads in their veggie garden, and it's great. They can enjoy the flowers Almost while like they're out there. Almost like annuals, you treat them. Exactly. You do treat, I treat them like annuals. Actually, I leave mine in the soil to, just for fun to see how many come back, and I am surprised at the quantity that do tend to... Oh, you mean they overwinter? They will. There are perennial glads, but they're not as showy. But some of the fancier ones will come back. So if you're a gambler, leave them there. Or just to have nothing to lose. Yeah, and actually they're incredibly inexpensive. So I I just leave them and call them compost. Okay. So if they come back, that's a bonus. The other thing you can do with the glad plants, you can screen them with other annuals. So you can get away with them in a garden, depending on how creative you are. So it sounds like the easiest bulbs to grow are like narcissus, daffodils, and tulips, because you can kind of leave them out there. The summer bulbs are a little bit more work, right? Yep, they're a little bit more of a challenge. And if you're terrified of the whole idea, start glads in the summer and tulips in the winter and... Work your way up to dahlias? Work your confidence up, absolutely. And the other thing, we mentioned it a little bit with the begonias, but calla lilies... I never grew calla lilies. They're a summer flowering bulb. My neighbor brought me some and told me they were Levittown lilies. He'd been growing them for years. 
in Levittown, of course, wintering the rhizomes indoors and planting them outside when the tulips were finished. And I suspect he's one of those guys that mows his tulips down and then just plants something else in there. But the population increased, which happens with bulbs, and I got some of the spares. And what I did with them is I grew them as a container plant over the summer in a window box, actually, cut them down, let them have a little rest, brought them inside and grew them again as house plants and then plop them back outside in the winter. So you do have that option with a lot of the summer flowering bulbs. And would you keep them like in an unheated basement or something like that? What's the best place to keep them? I don't store them per se. If I use them as a house plant, I bring them in. I Otherwise, see. I just can't deal with it. They hate me. Okay, so sometimes it's better just to start new in the spring. Yes, is or, what or give saying. them to somebody. Um, let, let me ask you my perennial, and I use that term loosely, question about amaryllis. So amaryllis you get in the around Christmas time or around Thanksgiving, and you have a beautiful flower. Can you regrow that bulb? Is that something you've done? I have. Uh, I got tired of the whole process. You can get directions from Cooperative Extension when you go on the website. We have uh, links to that, and you get specific directions for doing that. I got to the point where one year I said, you know what, I don't want to really be hauling this pot around. So I stuck it in the ground to see how big it got. And it expanded quite a bit. I dug it up, cut off all the flowers and cleaned it up and root pruned it, stuck it back in a pot and it came back the next year. Yeah. But it's a science experiment. So right, yeah, right. you can do it. And I mean, they're fairly inexpensive too. So it's another one that you might want to just buy. Yeah, and they're, they are kind of fun to try, but after the second or third or 15th year, you get tired of them. That's a really good point. <laughs> so I'd like to remind our listeners that we have two other podcast shows dealing with bulb growing. Episode 20 goes into some detail about flowering bulbs, and episode 27 reviews the skills you need to shop from catalogs, which a lot of catalogs have a lot of bulbs in them, right? Mm. Master Gardener volunteers are available by email at ColumbiaGreenMGV at cornell.edu. The show notes list more references, and be sure to go to some of the many garden and flower shows in the area that are open to the public, and a lot of them have bulbs that you can look at. So, I mean, this is one of those things where you probably want to see some of these bulbs growing before you even want to invest the money and grow them, right? A combination of voyeurism and shopping is always good. Oh, boy, I love to end the show with voyeurism. <laughs> so, Gene, thanks for coming. I learned a lot about bulbs, and I think the biggest takeaway for me is that it's a really easy way to start as a gardener if you've got a little patch of ground and you want to see some beauty in the spring, right? And it's a low-cost experiment, and they're always beautiful. Thank you, Jane, for coming in and talking about this today. Happy to stop by. That concludes another episode of Nature Calls, Conversations from the Hudson Valley. We would like to thank Sandra Linnell and Devin Connolly from Cornell Cooperative Extension of Columbia and Green Counties for production support. And a special thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode of Nature Calls, Conversations from the Hudson Valley. You can find links to any of the topics mentioned in this episode at our website at ccecolumbiagreen.org. 
comments and suggestions for future topics may be directed to us at columbiagreenmgb at cornell.edu or on the CCE Master Gardener Volunteers of Columbia and Green Counties Facebook page. For more information about Cornell Cooperative Extension of Columbia and Green Counties, visit our website at ccecolumbiagreen.org or visit us in Hudson or in Acre. Cornell Cooperative Extension provides equal programming and employment opportunities 